you're, you're gonna you're gonna do a lot in post okay i do a lot in post anyway half the time uh, 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 you, you do well, a lot of bad stuff in post and then sometimes it, it, it sounds all right at what right point now. do you take my beautiful audio and, and fuck it up before you <laughs> post it? Is that before the clips, after the clips? That I just see it and I just put Zoom audio on yours. So specifically, mine's my <laughs> mic and yours is Zoom okay. audio. <laughs> Welcome back to Fargo Watch Party. I'm J.D. Farrell. And I'm Stephen Merriweather. Fargo Watch Party is brought to you by the Modern Podcast Network. Oh, episode seven, season two. Episode seven, season two. I like this episode. Clearly you didn't. It was just slow. It was slow for me. That's all. I don't, we got to see baby Molly. We, we got to see, um, Miss Salverson almost kill somebody and she, and she was, she was going to do it. That, that with her little bell bottom skirt that was from the seventies. We we saw um Hank. Um What did we see Hank do? Hank is Hank is like going crazy or something. I, I didn't understand that scene. What? What scene with Hank? When what when scene with Hank? Okay, so when Betsy, so so Hank's the grandfather of yeah, Baby Molly. He's the sheriff. He's the sheriff. Betsy went to his house to pick something up, the and cats. went in to pick up the cats, and then went into his office and saw the all that writing on the wall and like the images, and and she seemed pretty creeped out by it. Oh well, yeah, that just seemed like some crazy shit that is just not going to be you don't relevant think that's to be the explained? show. I, I, I think it will be. I think we'll see. A lot happened. I did. You think that they find out where the guys are in the hotel from being snitched on, but I think they just like followed Simone or some shit. Yeah. I I think they just followed her too. Yeah. Yeah. But then they get them and kind of just like, you know, now they're ready to tango, but Mike Milligan kills the undertaker, which was, that was kind of horny. Like it was was cool, but, it was like if this dude's such a master, he gets taken out like right. this. Like, <laughs> right. Right. Uh, Bear, yeah, kills Simone. And it was pretty much that. And then your comic relief, which is not important. Like your people were in comic relief. And they just kept cutting away from it. My people. Yeah, the Salverson family. You mean baby Molly? Yeah, like you mean, you you know mean baby mean? Molly? We didn't need any of the King of Breakfast shit. We didn't need any of the King yes, of Breakfast. Yes, we did. Yes, oh. we did. We needed it's, Carl Weathers. Like, yeah, season one had a couple random scenes, but I felt like the show <clears throat> went together consistently. Like, when he went out to... This goes uh, together, too. No, when he went out to the one house to get the sex with the insurance bill. What? Remember when... He went to go oh, like when when you're talking about season one. Yeah. Okay. I'm just saying, like those scenes were to get like we really don't need to like no one's trying to kill his family and yeah. No one, what do you, yes, they are. Nobody is safe. I just mean like I don't need especially Lou's family important cause, and they're cause, a lot cornier because Lou is really getting involved now. He's getting involved. 
So of course he needs protection. Oh. I'll wait. He's I'll wait to the end. But I feel like we figured out. We know exactly what's kind of going to go down next episode. Bye. I thought we thought more was going to happen this episode and they're sort of slow rolling it. There's three episodes well, left. That's what I told you. This season is because the killing is like last episode, all the killing or last season, all the killing happened in the beginning and they kind of were like letting it kind of play out. And there was some other killing this one. It's like, it was a lot of killing and then they're just kind of technically, I think they were arrested in a couple days or like a week or so, unlike Lester, which was a year, he like had his whole life. Like, see, they're trying to drag it out when really like these people got kind of caught pretty quick. You see what I mean? Like they're dragging it out. They're not dragging it out. I think Ed and Peggy were caught, AKA killed next episode pretty quick. I, I, think about I, the actual timeline of these events. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think it's I only think like five days. No, it's more than five days. They're like both sides going back, killing each other. That's like a week plus. No, they that, but that's been this five day or maybe like a week. Maybe it's been two weeks from t start to finish. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, but I'm saying the episode, the killing they have uh, in that this episode ha has already been happening because when you woke up in the morning, uh, they were talking about what happened last night and how, what's his name? Yeah, uh, dog like, was lost last night. So this killing, the killing of the back and forth has been already going on. They were just like kind of showing you a replay of it. Okay. I, I don't, I don't understand the problem. Like a lot happened in a couple of days as opposed to not much happened over the course of many years in the first season. And it's hard to make a 10 episode, 10 hour show over something that happened in five days compared to like the year long. I don't think suspense. it's hard. There, but there's not there, season one didn't have a year long suspense. Well, we woke he, up and it was two years later. But I mean, but also he was going through life consistently, killing his wife and then a, his brother getting arrested days like that didn't happen like right after. It was yeah, like, it did. A, well, no, but they thought there was a different suspect and then they suspected him. And that's when the brother shit happened. It wasn't like. Let me immediately incriminate my brother. It's like, no, nah, Lester's innocent. Wait, no. Lester's probably guilty. Wait, no. Yeah, Lester's but I, don't, I don't think that happened over the course of months. I think that happened over the course of weeks. I felt like it flowed better in this one. It's like, we know it's them. Everyone knows it's them. And we're just putting it off. When like, from like episode two, everybody knew it was Ed and Peggy. Like everybody has known it's been Ed and Peggy, but we're letting these suburban little corny people live. But how do you... I'm sorry. I, you, you're just you're just upset because there's no Lauren Malvo and there's no Lester to root for. Well, there, there's you were rooting for Dodd, and they keep you're, you're calling them your Indian because you you were rooting for Dodd, and and Dodd clearly has no clue what the fuck's going on. Yeah. He got kidnapped <laughs> by Ed God. and Peggy. Like, I know. Oh, poor Dodd. That's my boy. I'm just saying. I mean, and why is he the Indian and you're Indian? Like the possess the man has a name and like he's an individual and employee. Like the he's not your white guy. Like if I got your white guy. Okay, but again, if if you're gonna tell your brother to get down and I'm gonna whip you for talking back to me, like you don't care about people. You care about status and power. 
I, I mean, the cops, when they're just like, you're Indian, hit me. When Hank's like, or they're, I'm like, y'all know, I, I don't know. I'm just saying he's, I don't know. He's just another employee. He's not just another employee. He's the best he's, employee. He's, he's the cleanup guy. He's the real undertaker. <laughs> oh my God. He doesn't have two ninjas. Oh. At first I thought they I was like, oh, it's Jet Li wannabe. And then I'm like, oh, it's a team of Jet Lees. And then I'm like, oh, it's the white guy yeah. who has like his two Asian like guys sucking his dick or something. Like, why the fuck? You got two and then Taiwanese got taken out immediately. <laughs> Like, and what were they doing if they don't got his back? Like, if you see a dude, like, then yeah, they they get stuck. Come on now, yeah. What what's the purpose of them if they literally don't do anything? They open. By the way, I I think I think we hear the voice of one of the kitchen twins. At one point, when um someone calls Mike Milligan and tells him that he's over, that it's over, and the Undertaker's coming, we hear a voice say like this is for you or something. And it, we don't see who it comes from, but we just hear like, this is for you. And then he, he hands him the phone. And then we look and see the person who handed him the phone was the kitchen twin. And I think it's the first time we've ever seen, we've ever heard him talk. All right. Well, by the way, was the first kitchen twin name like Galu or Golu? I have no or idea. was that the big boss? I have no idea. Because oh. they were complaining about Golu being dead. And then they're like, I got blood on my feet. You got two days. Like, no, I, th I think that's, that's the, the big boss. I, I thought that was the big boss they were talking about. Who, who died? Goalie? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Right. Okay. So let's get into it. Major scenes. What's, what's the major scenes of first, this? First major scene, um, Simone is arguing with Floyd, arguing with Bear. Floyd slaps her. Well-deserved. Well-deserved. Um, and, and so she gets in her car and drives off. Bear's new henchman tries to act like he could stop her. But of I course, thought they had a new thing. I thought time went past and that was her new fuck buddy. Not no. realizing it was literally the next morning. No, no. Um, so Simone drives off. Whenever she's upset about her family, she goes snitches to Mike Milligan. So she goes to Mike. Uh, she apparently she's upset that Otto died. I'm I'm with Mike on this. Like, if you want your whole if you want your whole family dead, what does it matter what the order I do it in? Yeah. But she's pissed off. She she really wants her dad dead. I think if her dad died, she'd feel much better about her life, and she she wouldn't want death on anybody else so she's mad mike's about to kill her right there yeah and um, i don't know how she doesn't realize it i'm like they shot the house up after you just said you were in the house yet you think it's smart to go go over there and not not only go over there but go over there and be like i told you to do this yeah. you need to listen to me like mike milligan's not going to listen to you he called you he pretty much called you a whore on the phone like and look, he, he doesn't I don't, respect you. We don't condone it on this podcast, but old Charlie was 17 and they won't really reveal her age because I think it is a little bit because then he's like, settle down, young girl. 
I guess. I know that could mean 1920 as well, but I'm just saying we found out Charlie was only 17, and I bet Simone is just around that same. I think she's in her 20s. I I, I think she's pretty young. If if my daughter's in her 20s and dressing like that, I don't know. It's definitely wrong to keep calling her a whore. Well, again, that's that's what Dodd's thing is. He wants to control every situation. He's going to tell his brother, his six-foot-whatever, 300-pound brother who's just as old as him, to get on his knees, pull down his pants so he can spank him. Like, Dodd... I would do the same to you, Steven. Just no. Okay. Dodd... And and you would end up the same place Dodd's in right now. Let's just say that. I would never drop my taser. Car, in the back of Ed Bloomquist's car. Um, getting tased by Peggy. Spoiler. Spoiler. Yeah, getting, getting tased by Peggy. Um, so Simone's there. She's, you know, she's upset. Uh, Milligan's about to kill her. There's a knock on the door. Lou and and the other cops show up. Um, free Simone, um, Simone, Simone gets away, right? Like, uh, Lou's in there, um, let, let Simone go. Simone's about to get in her car to drive away. Who shows up? Bear and his new henchman. Love it. Love it. Um, I thought Bear definitely has the, like, I don't know anything act. Like I'm, I'm just here and like, I'm just. That's you know, what you thought. I'm just you thought oblivious. so little of my guy. He's not your guy. Dodd's your guy. You can't claim Bear after claiming Dodd. Hey, they're you, brothers. Okay, you have I, I claim the bloodline. No, 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 no. You have Dodd, the guy in the back of the trunk. I have Bear. No, you don't. You made Bear's fun been... of his eating habits this yes, entire I, season. I, I have made fun of him because he's my guy. Oh, okay. Now I you're talk, taking I credit talk for crap. Him. I talk crap against Dodd because he's not my guy. After he bangs his cast to break it, now you're on his team. Uh-huh. No I've, food I've, has been I've in like been, the last three episodes. I've been on his team since episode one. Oh. You make fun of who you love. What? Imitation is the greatest form of flattery. As you claim bear. No, no. You're Dodd. You stick with Dodd. You, you picked wrong. You got to stick with it. That's just... <laughs> You know, choices have consequences. Dodd's going to break out, super taser, just watch, watch. He's going to have his moment. Um, so so Bear's like, drive home, you know, come home with me. She's like, okay. They're driving. Bear's like, why do you call Dodd Dodd? You have to call him Dad. He's my brother. It, again, even on the on the drive over, I was thinking, clearly... I think something's about to happen, but it's bear. And so I don't, I don't know if he actually knows what's going on, but he does. They, they stop, oh they pull over the side of the road. They stop. He, he walks into the forest with her, tells her to get on her knees, pulls out his gun. She begs that for point, her life. When you, when they were walking out to the forest, did you still think he was going to kill her or scare her? I don't know. I am. I I think I think we're led to believe he pulls out his gun. She begs for her life. He says, "The decision was made already. There's nothing you can do, basically." 
And then we're led to believe that he kills her there. We never hear a gunshot. Because that's what I hate. They memorialize her death. I'm like, no offense. She was a whore that was ratting on the entire fucking family. And we do like, oh, like birds and... Like, no, like, fuck this woman, man. I wanted to, I wanted to zoom out, gunshot her fall over, next scene. <laughs> Just so, blood everywhere. Yeah. She, she's dead. As you said, Bear gets back, banks his calf off his hand, his cast off his hand. And right then he decided he's going to take control of this family. He was going to lie to Floyd about what happened to Simone if someone came in saying they knew where Dodd was, he was going to ignore them and just let Dodd die or hope that Dodd dies. And he was going to be the new person in control of the family. See, I love how you thought of it like that. You're like, he took control. But as we see, like a scene later, he has no control. Like it's because he's decision. bear. Because he's bear. <laughs> but and I bear just thought he was mom. He was like, oh, having a, you know, who's that guy who does like just having a fucking Wolverine moment or something. And, you know, I think he was he was assuming control. At least he was trying to. Yeah. <laughs> um, but when Floyd speaks, he listens. So that's why when she got uh, we'll talk about what she got pulled away and arrested in the back of the cop car. You could just see that's when that's when I thought he was going to take control of the family because you just saw. Like his mama gone. Well, I mean, I think it was leading up to that. That's why he Um, killed his niece. So Simone's dead. Deservingly. I'm, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about Bear doing it instead of Mike Milligan. I don't know how I feel about her surviving the attack on the house. Like they shot up the house. Anyway, Simone's dead. She didn't add much. Like I'm not gonna be missed. No, we'll not. We'll not at all. Didn't know her name till what episode six. Gonna gonna watch next week's episodes. Won't think about her. I I hope they don't start this the episode with uh, her funeral. But I do gotta say I learned also from the shooting up the house. There's more grandkids that they just don't talk about in the show. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, I just mean, you know, they only project the two. So I'm assuming there's no one left for the Gerhardt family. And if you have a woman who's, you know, trading on the family and a cripple, no offense, but unless he's going to eventually take over the family business, like I thought that's all they got. But there's some other ones in there. I mean, I think, again, this is my problem with Dodd. In his mind, I'm I'm not I'm surprised he's not killing all male grandchildren <laughs> just so they don't eventually take control of him in the future. Like that's how his brain works. Is I want power. If there's someone this who was... could take power away from me, they must die. Oh my gosh. So, he knows Bear's not going to He he See, didn't expect Bear to do what he did today in this episode. But um, if, if, if there's a, you know, if there's a four-year-old boy who's showing some, you know, who, who's, who's showing some smarts, who's taking some initiative, he's going to die. Like, Dodd will kill him because he's got to protect his throne. 
You know how they say don't talk about someone when they're not here? He, he, he wasn't even in this episode. You're hating on the man's actions for not even, like he wasn't even present and you're shitting on him even more. Yes. Yes, because, because everything I've been saying up to this point, that he is a dimwit, turned out to be true. Because now he's in the back of Ed and Peggy's car. Okay, so. But you also said Bear was a dimwit. And look at him. Killing nieces and stuff. No. <laughs> Bear was just aloof. Dodd, Dodd thought he was a genius, but was actually an idiot. That's, what I, that's my problem with Dodd. I'm like, what's better? The, I'm trying to think of like the Winnie Pooh carriers, like the Eeyore or the like which like the guy who's just like the slouch. Like no one thinks the slouch is just going to like magically not be like the slouch anymore. Yeah, but, you know, you know, so people hate the person in class who. OK, so, so there's two people in class, right? There's the kid who just sits in the back and doesn't do anything. And mm-hmm. there's the kid. There's the kid in front who is insisting day after day that one plus one equals three. <laughs> and Dodd is that person. And everyone hates them guy. more. Everyone <laughs> hates them more. OK. Every it's, day it's, they insist one plus one equals three. That's Dodd. Yeah, and they're a dick about it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what you have to add. Because if they just are out there trying, but no. No, yeah, so, certainly. So right before Simone, you know, drives away to, to see Mike Milligan. Has her moment. Has her moment. Um, as, she drive, as she's driving away, she sees the cop pull up. If, if you truly cared about your family, you'd turn around and see what's going on. In her mind, she probably thought, oh, thank God I got away. Yeah. Take them all. <laughs> thank God I got away. And Lou shows up with, with some other state troopers and they pick up Floyd. Uh. And, you know, just a few episodes ago, when the cops showed up at the Gerhardt residence, they had to turn over their guns and they could only talk unless, you know, spoken to first. Now, a few episodes later, they're driving away with Floyd Gerhardt. That's a significant change. Oh, yeah. Because Lou's a good cop. Unlike the other guy who's a shit cop. To quote he tells Lou. him to his face that you're a shit <laughs> tells cop. Him to his face, um, he's a good cop. Um, so they take they take Floyd back to the station. Um, they start questioning her, like, you know, yeah. They 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 they're just they're trying to understand, you know, who these Kansas City people are. They're trying to you know, broker a truce between them that she, you know, they're trying to say, Floyd, if you do this, we're going to go to them and tell them that they can't expand and then it'll be happy. Um, Mike Milligan quotes manifest destiny, Adam, blah, 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 blah. What are you going to say? Well, I was just going to say, it's just, they're not going to say like, won't make it work, but if they lose millions of dollars of cocaine by constantly like finding the channels that they like funnel it through, Eventually, you're not going to keep coming up here. And that's kind of where they're like, all right, especially how she said it's in the tires. Every big truck you go, and she knows the nail salon, she got their hideout. If you take hundreds and millions of dollars, hundreds of thousands and millions of dollars worth of 
stuff and like you don't you know what i mean you have nowhere else that you can run an operation you're just going to kind of call it quits yeah what i don't understand is the police are pushing floyd to give them information about the kansas city mafia so they could start to disrupt their organization just like you're talking about and floyd's like i'm no snitch like you're in a war mm-hmm. like that's what i what i i understand you don't want to snitch on your own people but the people who are killing you like no and I your didn't, hometown. I didn't think snitching code like work like that. <laughs> yeah. It works when you're like on the stand and that's, a, you know what I mean? I, yeah. And your own people. Right. But I know like there is a unwritten law like, you know, and, but it reminds me of Ozark. You know what I mean? Like if you're the hometown, like a small town operation, you have the cops on your side. Like, yeah. You, you do whatever it takes to keep them on your side. Yeah, and uh, like at at one point a few episodes ago, we were led to believe the Gerhards like own the cops. Yeah, or the lawyers at least, or the politicians, or something. So like, let the cops loose. Like yeah. that, that's part of the that's part of being a small crime family, a local crime family. But eventually, she decides to snitch. I don't think that's snitching, but eventually, she decides yeah. to snitch, and she tells them. They smuggle drugs through this on this road, through this, through these means, through this, you know, front. And we see Lou and Hank walking out and basically like, I guess we just picked a side. Yeah. Which is crazy. But it's like if there's two people, two organizations bigger than you, why don't you just inherently pick the hometown one? I mean, you pick the one who you think you can control. Yeah. And and you got Floyd in your in your basement essentially, and who knows what's going on in the Kansas City group. But yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. So so Floyd and the local PD now teaming up to go after Kansas City. To where we know, I just think that projects in the future. We know who's going to be standing because the police department doesn't crumble, obviously. <laughs> So, uh, I mean, it might, uh, it might. Do they? Do they? <laughs> I don't know. We definitely, uh, we heard a Sioux Falls reference. We know it's about to go down in Sioux Falls. I've been waiting for a Sioux Falls reference this entire season. We finally know they're about to go to Sioux Falls. Ed, so I guess the, the next big thing, I've been talking about it. Yeah. But we, we see at the very end of the episode... Um, Mike Milligan gets a call. He thinks that it's his boss, but in fact, it's a it's a voice we recognize. I couldn't pick it up immediately, but then I realized, oh, that's Ed. We see Ed, and he says, "It's your lucky day. I have Dot Gerhardt in the back of my trunk." At which point, I thought we see him walking back to his car. I thought Hansel was about to come out and kill him. Just mm-hmm. like, just like that, <laughs> just like bow and arrow, just. <laughs> um, and then we see Peggy jump into the driver's seat and drive away. Just leave her <laughs> husband there. Told you, she loves Ed, or she would have left a long time ago. She doesn't love it. Love Ed. We just she she, on that. she she operates on survival. You and I do. I go with that, but I'm like, she has to have some money saved up, and I've. I, okay, so I, if, if we look at, um, when you're thinking about Lester and Peggy. Nygaard. 
Lester Nygaard. And in Lester Nygaard, Peggy Bloomquist, Lester had that gotta survive instinct, just like Peggy does. Lester cared about nobody. He loved nobody. And so he was willing to kill everyone around him in order to survive. Peggy does care about Ed a little bit. That's what a little bit to not kill him. But, or leave. Uh, but but if if they were backed on into the you know a cliff, and and Hansel and Hansel had both of them, and Hansel said one of y'all are gonna survive and one of y'all are gonna live, Peggy's pushing Ed off the cliff. There's there's no there's no talk about it. There's like if faced with a life or death situation, <laughs> Peggy's pushing Ed off the cliff. Yeah, I got the quote she'll say as she Lester. Does Lester would <laughs> Lester would push his wife off the cliff before Hansel even got there. Yeah. <laughs> That's the difference. She's already gone. <laughs> Peggy's gonna go. She's like, I'm gonna make something of myself. Or she's like, I gotta like them. That is totally what she's gonna she's say. Gonna, sorry, Ed, but I, I'm a I beast. I gotta something. get to that class. Um, yeah, that that's exactly what she's gonna say. Uh, but you gotta put that I wanna, on a t-shirt. I gotta tell you, I know you're saying, yeah, he's in the driver's seat, but do you not remember specifically for the sec or for the third time, Buffalo J. Cool guy? Bear's right-hand man, when he told Floyd, who's on the phone, he said Hansel's on the phone with information on Dodd. You're right. You're right. So I think old Ed. Go ahead. Oh, I just think Ed planted the seed to like, hey, guys, you come, you come, and y'all kill each other and not kill me. No. Yeah. What is Ed, is he just tracking him but can't kill him? Like, we know he's killed two state troopers or whatever, but, like, do you think Hansel's really, like, see Dodd in the truck and really can't get to him or in the car? I do. I think I think Ed and Peggy are just speeding down the highway as fast as they can. I, I guess. You, I mean, so you think Ed's smart enough to, like, give Hansel a peek to get, well, get, no, get he, the Gerhards and then and then call I Mike. He, I think he oh I guess he doesn't have Hansel's number. <laughs> I'm, I'm he called Hansel? <laughs> no. Like, I got Dodd and then Ed calls. Does does Hansel use technology? <laughs> That's fucked up. I mean really doing the poor native like that. Like he's I mean, just off the grid completely. <laughs> That that's that's how they do him though. Yeah, that is. <laughs> like he's just out here on his own, tracking and killing, tracking and killing, tracking and killing. When when he's not on assignment to track and kill, he's outside tracking and killing bunnies. Yeah, I was like, he got the rabbit. <laughs> he's, he's getting dinner for everybody. <laughs> oh my god. Um. So, so Ed 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 got Dodd. Um, last thing that happened, Mike Milligan was about to be taken off his post. The Kansas City boss called, said some some not very nice things to Mike about his race and about how, you know, the darker ones. The, 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 yeah, the, the darker ones are all are incompetent or whatever he said. Um, and so the under the Undertaker was coming, whoever this Undertaker person is. 
we see him show up, the Undertaker show up in the hotel with his two henchmen. They get into the room. Mike and the last remaining kitchen twin just take him out immediately. Mike's in another room. Undertaker walks in. He says, where's Mike? Mike busts open the door, walks up to him, has a gun hidden in his, uh, under his shirt collar, pulls it out, boom, kills him. Kitchen twin slits the throat of the two henchmen. They're dead. Yeah. Which, like, I agree with you. If you're the Undertaker and you're about to tell somebody to go back to Kansas City where they're going to die. Yeah. Like, yeah, the, Mike's dying. You expect that to just go off peacefully? I thought part of the Undertaker's job would be to kill Mike Milligan. Me like, too. Me too. <laughs> nope. Yeah. Nope. Okay. On to predictions. All right. Now on the predictions. You got yours ready? No, I go. You go first. I got. I got a couple. All right. Okay. Let's hear. My first one because I'm relaying it. Your little. You were kind of sucking on his little wee wee last season, Gus, and he became this superhero. Mm-hmm. So. And he said, I wish he said some type of line too, just like Hank, who said, I wish we could just leave our doors unlocked. That's what Hank said this episode. Okay. I wish we could live in a world where we could. So I think Hank does something heroic, either not this episode, Hank's going to be like a superhero, do something very heroic. My, I mean, so, okay, to, to play off that a little bit, my, one of my predictions was going to be Hank dies next episode. No, he, he isn't because he has that Gus thing. He has that. Where you think they're just corny, yet they're the superhero. Yeah, I, I think I think we see Betsy go home. We we hear how Hank's wife died. Betsy has this sort of scene back at her dad's house where she's just happy remembering her family. And I think I think Hank dies. Yeah. Long live Sheriff Larson. <laughs> okay. Next prediction. They put it off this episode because it was my last. Ed and Peggy are dying next episode. Like, okay. So my my prediction for next episode is, um, other than Hank, nobody dies. I think it's wow. going to be put off again. There's three episodes left. I think Ed and Peggy die in the last episode or the the penultimate episode. I don't think That's, it happens next week. This what I mean. The other season didn't put off the inevitable. I have one more prediction, but I was like, they didn't put off the inevitable. Like when okay. shit happened, it just happened. Okay. So those, those are my two predictions. Hank dies next episode, and he, but he's the only person that dies. And this like big conflict that we're, we think is going to happen is going to be pushed mm-hmm. off another week. I did have two, but I forgot we're all in Sioux Falls next episode. And my third prediction is that Peggy still attends the conference. Because <laughs> uh, she made I, it, I, I could, she, I could totally see like the Gerhards and Kansas City are in a high speed chase, and Peggy's like, "Can you pull over and let me out?" <laughs> just get out and just start running. <laughs> Jesus. Oh God, she's gonna die. It's gonna be. Great. Yeah, that, I don't not, like her. I know, because oh, at God. least. Like, I respect Lester's survival instinct. Like, Peggy's, it's like, 
Now, like you, you said, if you could have ran, you could have, you could have ran. You had a car. You had, you even had seven hundred dollars and a bus ticket. Girl, just go. Just I, I, go. Lester is a terrible person. He's he's a he's a worse person than Peggy is to you. He's a terrible person, but you do have to respect how when he when when they're about to get away and he suspects Malvo is in his shop, he sends his wife in with his jacket. <laughs> Sees her get shot and then just sinks in his car. Like you, you have to respect that a little bit. Yeah, it makes him a terrible person. Yeah, but I mean, we're all just animals trying to survive. Like if you dumb it down to that, like yes, his empathy level—he doesn't get bonus points for compassion and empathy, but in survival instincts, he gets he gets bonus points. Oh my God. That's that was unbelievable. Since his wife informed. Anyway, anyway, Peggy wouldn't do that. Yeah. Um. Okay. I I like that. Peggy's gonna try to still go to the conference. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. But that. But that's it for this episode. That's it. That's it. We'll be back next week. We only got three more left. Three more this season. Three more left, and then the season's over, and then on to season three. No clue what to expect in season three. I haven't peaked or anything. Yeah, I have no clue either. Hmm. I have I have absolutely no clue. Hmm. But thank you for listening to Fargo Watch Party. We'll be back next week. I'm J.D. Farrell. And I'm Stephen Merriweather. Fargo Watch Party is presented to you by the Modern Podcast Network. Bye, J.D. <laughs>